Yeah, welcome to the STP meeting. We meet here every Wednesday, 7.30 to 8.30. Uh, where we discuss a topic that is voted on within the WhatsApp group. Um, if you're new to this meeting, uh, sorry, find one of the people with their hands raised who is in the WhatsApp group. They can get you a link to that. Um, is there anyone here for the first time? Want to introduce yourself? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, my name is Abidemi Kolonira, originally from Nigeria. Uh, I'm a visual artist, work with uh, multiple materials, and uh, I make assembly. Anyone else here for the first time? Oh, um, I'm Jeremy, I'm from Nigeria, um, and yeah, I'm an artist primarily works in you know with or without me um, so if any of you guys are interested in volunteering or sort of helping keeping the meeting going um, just come see me after the meeting and we can talk about that and can introduce you to some of the other people helping out um, and without further ado today's topic is Today's topic is how to navigate personalities and quote-unquote coolisms while maintaining authenticity and making an impression. What is coolism? So I'm going to let Kai open this up since you were the one that suggested this or was yeah. it you, Alex? I would put me and Alex. Yeah. yeah, so why don't you yeah. guys define what coolism is and, and I'll let you guys open this up. Again. I don't know about coolism, but um, oh, I guess I think it's like just 
having a group of friends and you're all artists, you're all contemporaries, you're all hanging out with one another, all making work together. And basically, maybe a few of you, one of you, or a couple of you, start to get recognized and like famous and noticed and start making money off your work. And then it's usually somebody, it could be you or somebody that you know, who doesn't get that same recognition. It's like, what do you do? How do you keep going? How do you stay motivated? For me, I feel like I coined the term coolism in that brief second because I kind of had this uh, idea of like this dynamic that I've been encountering and sort of like the pseudo creative industries where there's like unspoken things like you don't do this or say that or like approach people in a certain way or like conduct yourself a certain way and then it's like a school of thought and then there seems to be like people who really abide by the principles and they do that shit well. So it's like, uh, maybe there's like a checklist of things that like, you know, cool, like the, that high level of coolness, like, you know, you just know it in the back of your head or just like- Like art world do's and don'ts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like those are the, the isms, the cool isms. That's what I was thinking about. You think it makes sense as a term? Yeah, it does make sense. Can you repeat the topic again so I can hear it? I can hear it. How to navigate coolisms and personalities. Help me out. We gotta read it. I mean, it's a lot. Pass it around. How to navigate personalities and coolisms while maintaining authenticity and making an impression. So I think it was sort of like a a merger of two topics, right? I think yeah. one of them is perhaps like should we abide by these sort of unspoken rules that maybe exist and maybe defining and sort of highlighting some of them that maybe you've encountered could be cool. Um, and then I'm hearing from you, it's also like how to deal with success or lack of it in sort of close circles and watching other yeah. people sort of um, come up. I just think it's hard to read the room if you like, I don't know. Imagine like you walk into a room and it's like a conference with like all aliens of the same race, like reptilians or something. But like they're, they're conducting themselves like regular human beings. So you don't really see that they're all reptilians. It's hard to read the room. Sort of like insiders. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm picking up on a little bit what you're saying and I think that this applies to the art world as well as like the music industry and the architecture world um, where there are sort of like insiders and there are outsiders, right? And this is where maybe some of that like gatekeeping comes into play that we talked about, right? Like you either stick around long enough to watch yourself organically absorb into the insiders and maybe find yourself even like gatekeeping outsiders and then, um, or you stay an outsider. I think one of the things to think about, or a good example, and this might be like beating a dead horse, but David Hammonds, you know, is someone that is considered like probably the upper echelon of the art world, but his entire career, at least what we've seen, he's functioned as sort of an outsider playing sort of tongue-in-cheek jokes on the art world. Um, I like that reality. I like thinking about that, and I think that's a good example of how one can leverage their uniqueness or individuality against like a herd mentality. But at the same time, if you really do your research on David Hammonds, he spent a lot of time as sort of like a failed artist in LA, you know, trying to sort of make a name for himself and sort of having these attempts 
And I think that's like a really good way to see someone, you know, no one's perfect. You know, he sort of figured out over time and pushing up against something how to conduct himself and, and how to sort of create this persona and perform in relation to a larger group. I think of Bill Kalida said it too, right? Like he was titled Bad Boy of the Art World Perfect, just writing, actually using his art to make like to-do lists or lists that are against the gatekeepers and Yeah. My question is like who gives these people the role? You know, like are they like so low on the in the hierarchy, but like still over the threshold that they're the first people that you encounter, and they just really hold their position valuable enough to like kind of hold that to themselves, or is like somebody like telling these people like, yo, just make sure nobody lame comes in. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it has a lot to do. There's an equation that's pretty wild that I learned in fashion that's. Demand equals notoriety times mystery plus exclusivity. And there's like aspects of that, right? Like, it's <laughs> fucked, but it's. Well, one comes from before the other, has to. Order of operations, like, I'd say the mystery comes first, right? Notoriety has got to be like the end product. Or the it could be the opposite. You could create coolism as like pressure on the artist, you know what I'm saying? Like, but then if the artist can't like back up coolism, you know what I mean? It's like Mystique is alright, but Mystique is a little bit more like, you know, gives you more time to develop. And I think even like in New York, right, things don't that have time to develop because coolism is what everybody's out here looking at. And we're lowered into it. So coolism could damage your thing if you want to play that game because if you can't back up the hype, then it's just air, right? So it's a bit of a pressure, but I think like nobody judges it really, and I think it doesn't really last. And I think like the idea of the, the, the labels, I think it's a bit of a narrative because you, you're going to say so much tea in your head of like, you know, who's saying, who's, who's saying like who's cool, what is cool, like, like you can't even define that, you know what I mean? And like, a David Hammers, for instance, like you're saying, Lucian is like, he, he, that's like a passive, because like he knows his work is good enough that he can play that game, that he could kind of just, you know, control and, and be a little bit, and not be a, a kind of a sur surrendering to the, the gallery as, you know, in the art world, you know what I mean? But only because his work is that good, and he's confident that he could play that game. But I think like a lot of, uh, the idea of like, it's fun to play roles, I think, like the mystique, the, the cool, the, the, the weird, the insecure, the over, da da da, because it's just all like ways that you could find uh, to dress up your, your work, I think, to kind of see what fits best. But always, I think the work has to speak, has to speak, you know what I mean? Like, and, that, and then you give it to the world, let them decide what you are, right? But you know what you really are, right? And it's like, you could just play along and play the game. So I just think like the, the titles, because there's nothing worse than a, than a cool guy, right? That can't back it up. Like that is like, you, your career will crumble so fast. You know, once you get exposed. So it's, it's the work. I think a lot of this is narrative stuff, you know? Isn't like a term, you're so cool, you're, they call you Kulo or something? Kulo? Kulo? I don't know. Maybe Kulo? Kulo's a different thing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I just want, it's, it's kind of like perspective too, right, Alex? I feel like I know what you're pushing up against, and I, and I I feel that even today, you know, like the art world insiders, like music insiders, you know, and I think what it is is it's a bunch of people that feel insecure about their role and position in it, that in order to 
reinforce that they're an insider, they have to exclude someone, right? So excluding someone means that like I'm in the cool crowd. And like it can feel that way at like art openings or concerts, you know, and, it, and it's almost like tangible, you can almost see it. Um, and I think like acknowledging that everyone secretly feels like an outsider is a good way to not take it too seriously. Yeah, and it depends what we mean by gatekeep, right? Because, you know, there's, I mean, no matter where you work, even if you, even if what you do has nothing to do with the art world, like you, like say you're an athlete, uh, there are still things that define insiders versus outsiders. It's like you, like you dribble the ball this way, or you know, if you get injured, this is what you do. Uh, and I'm, you know, I'm not really in the art world. So I, I mean, I'm sure that there are things. Yeah, that, and it could apply to a lot of things, yeah. right? Like we're not talking about just fine arts. Mm -hmm. And by gatekeep, I think there's a difference between stating those rules and keep repeating them to like help other artists kind of get, learn the ropes and kind of get them up to speed as to the lay of the land of the art world. And then there's just using them to just push out anyone you don't think is cool. And then you start complaining why there's no new blood anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But on the other side, like you need some protocol to have productive conversations, like mm -hmm. whether it's a basketball court, there's certain courtesies. And so, I mean, there's a book that you might like called uh, I Like Your Work. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, um, a journal called N Plus One. And it, 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 it's kind of funny too, because it's just like curators like talking about how people might want to interact that might be you know, just better for themselves and for the general sociality of it all. It kind of reminds me of, uh, I used to be on like the soccer team <laughs> in high school. And I was like varsity, I was like JV, and then like I made varsity in junior year. And I was like, damn, I don't know, it's good enough to be varsity, but fuck it, I'm here. I'm riding the bench anyways, but like <laughs> Friday comes, I still got my jersey on in class, so I'm varsity. And then I like try out the next year, and they're like, no, like, you're not gonna, you can't be in this. You can't be on the team. Like, they kicked me off the team. So I kind of, like, have this weird relationship to, like, this sort of rejection in, like, a communal way where, like, it's just, like, I always felt, like, outsider. Like, oh, you cast me out? You know what? I'm going to fucking just, like, get the, the captain of the team's girlfriend. Like, you know, like, then how about that? So, and I feel like I still, I still feel this energy, and I know it's like it's not just me. It just feels like there's so many like archetypes and themes that start like in a classroom setting that like traverse throughout different industries, especially art world or like wherever else. I think they call it a re revenge fantasy or redemption redemption syndrome. Yeah, and I think it's like yeah. easy to develop that in a world that positions itself as like you got to work to get in here. Uh, I think it's like important to realize that, that like that wall doesn't exist, right? Like you can operate in any capacity in, in whatever relationship to it. But that's what the, the idea of like surrendering, right? Like to the idea of like to my art world stuff. Like it takes you ten years to get your gallery into a big art fair. That means you're 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 always controlled by the system. And, that, and then when you finally get accepted, it costs you X amount of dollars to even be in the game to play, right? So as long as we keep playing around this world that, that exists, this imaginary art world that we're trying to break through into, 
you're always going to be kind of like guessing or kind of like playing into their rules. And I think it's the idea, kind of what you're creating with SDP is strip, strip down the rules. There ain't no art. This is the this this room is the art world. You know what I mean? So like, let's forget the outside art world and and the game that they're playing. Whether it's like, oh, we're like, you know, we finally got cool because we were like, say, like. Uh, too smart when we were young, so we weren't on the soccer team, say, right? You know what I mean? Like, music example, right? Like, we were too smart, we, we weren't on, in, in, with, the, with the sporty people, we were in, like, the classroom, and then now they're in a different position, right? So that's kind of like, you know, kind of what you're saying is that, like, again, like, oh, we have the control now, finally, we control who says what, right? So I just think, like, forget the awful. Like strip down, like strip, and just, and, and make work, make work. And, and I think everybody's lucky now with that time of, um, Kind of what you have the platforms, you know, social media, blah blah blah, community, da 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 da. Like back then, think about it. Before that, if you actually had skills, how long it would take for you to get discovered that you had skills it would give you more time to develop your craft. Then you could kind of like you know boast that you know a little bit more because you have more time instead of like everything is too quick now. It's too quick, too quick, you know. So I'm just saying the idea of like the galleries and the system and like how many years it takes to get into the game and when you're in the game then. You still feel like you're the smallest in the game because nothing's sold, blah blah blah. You know what I mean? So I just think like this is this is the only world that should exist is in your in your brain. That's that's your artwork. You know? I mean, that was a little abstract. Other question: Do we establish what coolism is? Kind of. No. Are we trying to establish uh, what we think it is, or is there like an accepted definition? Because like in the in the sense of the topic, Alex described it as like do's and don'ts in like creative worlds, you know, like so don't stand outside an art show with your artwork. It's <laughs> like a do, don't, do, yeah, but like until someone does it and it works, like you never know. Yeah, that would be, what, what do you think coolism is? Um, about it. I don't know, I think coolism is like, I don't know if anyone is like, has ever seen Daria or is like old enough to know, yeah. but there's like the fashion club <laughs> and that reminds me of coolism. Like it's like cool, like a bad way. It's like in the exclusive, like uh, hive mind-y, like social norm-y way. Um, yeah, just pretty much anything that feels to me like fad-ish. Like if we're talking about coolism, I'm thinking of like those stupid mischief boots with the cheese <laughs> things. Like not hating, but like I, I like the red ones because it's it was uh, really campy. But I don't know. I feel like coolism feels like the exclusive kind, like the Soho kind of like snobby, uh, cold aloofness of things. Um, and I feel like I've experienced a lot of coolism in the art world. Um, you know, it's kind of like what we touched upon last week, with, like with ego um, and confidence. Like, yeah, I just feel like coolism is anything that just feels like inaccessible for no reason, or you know, it's it's not egalitarian or you know, not grounded. If that makes sense. It's the for no reason part. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking just now about the coolism idea, and I was thinking about I was trying to think earlier. It was like I do a gal I know a gallery, and I, I ran into an artist recently, and they were telling me that they were getting a show at this gallery. And I remember when the artist was introduced to the gallery like five years ago. And the gallery was the artist didn't really have a career because he wasn't cool enough yet, right? The artist and the gallery was like, no, nah, I'm not interested. No, no, that I don't think you could draw a crowd. And, and the artist stayed at its craft, put in time, and they started getting cool in the scene. And then all of a sudden, the gallery is like, oh shit, I need to make money. So they surrender whatever like their when they thought they were cool, and then they surrender to the, the to the to the artist now five years later. Because the artist has the power now, because he, 
it worked on its, its, its craft and built its, its community and its audience that, because that's cool is just money. At this point, cool is just money, you know what I'm saying? Like, and if somebody sees an opportunity for dollars, they're gonna call you cool. They're gonna call you whatever they wanna call you, you know? And, and the artist told me that, and I knew the story about the artist five years ago, so I said to the artist, I didn't wanna, you know, they just said, like, you're in control now. Where, like, don't don't play, like, the, the, the weaker victim, insecure artist, whatever you wanna be, go in there and be like, I want, my money up front, that, 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 like play the game, like see what you could, you know, you could do with that. That was like my little insight set up, but that kind of the idea of like cool, cool is just dollars, and, and whoever sees an opportunity for money, they're gonna say whatever it is, that's cool. I and, wanna uh, ask a question. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <clears throat> who has the power to you know, the galleries or US artists? Uh, say it again? Who has the power? That, like, US artists or the galleries? The artist is talented enough to go to any other gallery, you know? The artist can have the power, you know? Like, depends depends the situation you're in financially at that moment, or if you feel like you have, like, enough yeah. to still leave one gallery, you know, it's hard to do that, too, because there's, again, you're back in the system. Let's take a, a show of hands. Who, like, gallery, record label, film production? Yeah, whatever you want to call it. Who do you right? think has the leverage? Is it the system or the individuals? Raise your hand if you want. Nah, but it's different with music. Think Wait, about the leverage like to make to do more. ก็เป็นเรื่องที่ทําให้เกิดการเปลี่ยนแปลงในการทํางานของเขาเองนะครับเพราะว่าเขาเองนะครับเพราะว่าเขาเองนะครับเพราะว่าเขาเองนะครับ
you know, you could just spread news so much faster. You could plan to be somewhere. You know, you know, photographers are gonna be there, wear something crazy, be like, oh, I'm an artist. Like, it's so crazy how many people I've talked to, like, over the past month or two, you know, just, like, in common conversation about what it is they do and, like, what kind of art mediums they do. And it's, I don't know, it's just fun to, you know, just support people just because, um, and you could talk to them about, like, other people. And it's, I don't know, like, if we all talk to each other, like, I think that we would find, like, different forms of art that we may not have, like, I don't know, not given attention to before or something. I don't know if that's too simple. Yeah. <laughs> I think I want to touch on just Kai's subject and how it relates to this as far as like seeking an, a career as an individual and within a group. And when Aaron was talking, there's something that just like vividly comes to mind um, about like something gets cool and then the gallery like jumps on it. Um, you know, I discover like Aaron and, and the sort of generation of artists before me through like this moment that was happening in New York. And um, looking back on it, you know, it was like a group of artists that all sort of came up together, right? So they, they all sort of like brought each other up and helped each other get to this point. And it was really outsider and it was really like rogue and street. And then like Jeffrey Deitch came along and like was like, oh, I'm gonna give you guys a show. And like these people were probably like five years ago, like they would probably be asked not to come to the gallery. You know, and, and I like Aaron. He, they made this book, but there's a picture of Aaron like kind of like taking the mic from Jeffrey Deitch, and there's a, a sticker that says like what corporate galleries bullshit attempt to represent the downtown scene, yeah. and like that's in a nutshell, right? Like you work and you take all this risk, and then like everyone in your crew immediately is like ready to take that check from the gallery or the record label as soon as because it's like they have the, the structure and they have the support and the resources, and it's like that loyalty sort of like goes out the window as soon as like. You know, we see it with like the boy band dilemma, like as soon as like a solo career is an opportunity, it's like, oh, fuck the band, like I'm gonna go here. So I think we constantly as, you know, as artists sort of like lose that momentum we build because it's so easily broken up by like infrastructure or resources. Well, I think now money is just like the most accepted form of bartering. Like before people were bartering like their work, but now it's just on dollars. Yeah. Well, yeah, money plays a big part of it, you know, I think that... It's all money, because it's, it's, it's all money. Like, think about it, like, you know, you're, you're, you're cool because you're, you're kind of, like, recreating what, what your generation is, right? And then as soon as you get the opportunity to be kind of housed in, a, in, like, a thing that gives you kind of status, you go there, right? And then, like, that makes you cool. You think that makes you cool, so now you're like, oh, I made it, like, I'm, I'm represented by da-da-da-da-da. And then all of a sudden, like, your work kind of, like, is not hitting the same you know level and the demand's not there as much because you've lost that edge and stuff. So I think it's like, it always came down to like what you think is cool, right? Like at that moment at a young artist, you think it's cool to be represented, right? And you have to because how are you gonna pay your bills in the city? This is crazy. It's like, how you, you, have to, you have to play the game, you know? So, but that thing you have to protect yourself that when, because once you, you're at a level in say a system, if you're not bringing in the dollars, you're the last one's gonna get paid. You know what I mean? You're not even gonna get the dollars anymore. So now you gotta take that and then jump ship. And then, you know, it's just like, it's just, it's just a scandal, I think, the, the whole kind of system that, and I think I think in culture now, the, the lines are blurred where like, all right, fuck it, sell out your studio. You know what I mean? So somebody comes in and wants to like, harness you to make money. Make a track, you know, make a, make, make a merch. Merch your whole fucking thing. Like, just go all in, because at this point, there's no rules. And, and if you play this game with the rules, you're gonna be left behind. And I just think like, point, like when I say point guns, it's like just, Experiment like as much as possible in all outlets, because because when you when you outwit the system, then you're the coolest. 
because you just figured it out. Whether it's balance of money or freedom, you know what I mean? Like, because it's like, who judges what success is now, right, these days? It's like, everything's about followers, money. Not everything. You choose your success. I can't hear you. Choose I, your success. I was about to say the same thing. No, no, I'm deaf. I can't hear, sir. So yeah. Yeah, his hearing is out of balance. I'm not deaf. I'm not watching. I'm not watching. You choose your own success. You choose your own success. You choose your own success. Ah, I understand. I just want to hog up. I just want to throw this one concept out there that I really do think that like we live in a really